Welcome to the East City Wesleyan Church podcast. Thank you so much for listening. And if you would like to learn more about East City Wesleyan Church, please go to ecw.org.nz for more information. Now, here's your podcast. On this um, special day of baptism of Daniel, the scripture reading is taken from the first book of Samuel, chapter 16, verses 1 to 13. The Lord said to Samuel, How long will you mourn for Saul, since I have rejected him as king over Israel? Fill your horn with oil and be on your way. I am sending you to Jesse of Bethlehem. I have chosen one of his sons to be the king. But Samuel said, How can I go? If Saul hears about it, he will kill me. The Lord said, Take a heifer with you. I have come and say, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Invite Jesse to the sacrifice, and I will show you what to do. You are to anoint for me the one I indicate. Samuel did what the Lord said. When he arrived at Bethlehem, the elders of the town trembled when they met him. They asked, do you come in peace? Samuel replied, yes, in peace, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Consecrate yourselves and come to the sacrifice with me. Then he consecrated Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice. When they arrived, Samuel saw Eliab and thought, surely the Lord's anointed stands here before the Lord. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Then Jesse called Abinadad and made him pass in front of Samuel. But Samuel said, the Lord has not chosen this one either. Jesse then made Shama pass by, but Samuel said, nor has the Lord chosen this one. Jesse made seven of his sons pass before Samuel, but Samuel said to him, the Lord has not chosen these. So he asked Jesse, are these all the sons you have? They're still the youngest, Jesse answered. He is tending the sheep. Samuel said, send for him. We will not sit down until he arrives. So he sent for him and had him brought in. He was glowing with health and had a fine appearance and handsome features. Then the Lord said, rise and anoint him. This is the one. So Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And from that day on, the spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David. Samuel then went to Ramah. Here endeth the word, God bless the word. Well, this morning for our family service, we are going to be learning together a little bit about what we've been learning about in our Kids Connect time upstairs. So if you're needing some expert knowledge, you can talk to one of the kids because they know this stuff. So for the second half of the term, we have been learning about the life of David and how unusual it was. Our curriculum has also talked about some unusual animals. Maybe you've seen some of these before. Uh, handsome looking young man. This one was Joey's pick. He just thought it was really cool. 
<laughs> Someone's very interested in what's going on. And my favorite. <laughs> some, we've definitely got some unusual animals in nature. And this, they may not look too unusual otters, but the unusual thing is how they hold hands when they're floating in the water so they can stay together, which is just so cool. So the first part of our series that we jumped into was how God uses unlikely people. The part of scripture that we looked at this morning um, is where we got this knowledge from. So Samuel was sent on a secret mission by God to find the next king of Israel. And it was a secret and a bit hush-hush because Israel already had a king. So a little bit awkward. And he was a good-looking king too, at least on the outside, but not so much on the inside. At first, this king had been pretty successful, and the key to his success was the way he listened to God. But as time went on, the king thought he knew more than God, which is really not ideal, not the way to live. <laughs> so God gave Samuel strict instructions to meet with a man named Jesse so that he could anoint one of his sons as king. As soon as Samuel saw Jesse's first son, Samuel was sure that God had picked him to be king. He looked great, strong, and ready, but God didn't agree. In fact, God said no. And in um, chapter 16, verse 7, we see more than just nope. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. So Samuel moved on to the next brother, and once again, note the same reasoning. God's not looking for what we are looking for. Samuel must have been thinking, oh, come on, this is driving me bananas. God said there would be a son, but none of these is the right one. There has to be one more. And guess what? Outside of Jesse's house, the whole time, there was one son who Jesse hadn't even brought in. Jesse didn't think of David at first, and it would have been quite unusual to have him in mind. But God saw something different in David, and Samuel did too. And when Samuel met him, God said, yes, finally. <laughs> and Samuel declared him king by pouring oil on his head. It was a mark of kindness and a symbol of honor, a tradition practiced in ancient Greece, Egypt, Rome, and in the Hebrew scripture, often called anointing, and what we did this morning with Daniel. From that point on, God was with David, the new king. David reigned for a very long time, and he was the greatest king Israel ever had. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 9 to 10, we read, But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weakness, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Okay, does everyone see this little guy up here? A little ant. In fact, he's a leaf cutter ant. And he may not, might not look all that special, but he is one of the strongest animals in the world. A leaf cutter ant can lift 20 times its body weight. 
That's like a year one or a five-year-old picking up an entire piano by themselves. That would be surprising. The point is, it's really, really strong, even though it seems unlikely. The Bible passage we just read says that when we are weak, then we are strong, which doesn't always make sense for how we usually think. When David was chosen to be king, it was God that made David strong enough for the task that the others thought he could not do. And God is with us too. How cool that no matter what other people think of us, God knows that we can do big things. And if that little tiny leafcutter ant can pick up 20 times its weight, then there are endless possibilities for what God can do through unlikely people like me and you. Though it might be a silly way of showing it, this picture reminds us that with God we are capable of big things, no matter how unlikely, just like David or this little ant. The next part of David's story that we uh, looked at in our curriculum is how God gives unexplainable joy. In 2 Samuel chapter 6, we can read about how David brought the Ark of the Covenant to Jerusalem and what unexplainable joy he experienced through that. Let's watch this video together to see what unfolded. A long time ago, there was a box called the Ark of the Covenant. It was a holy box that contained items that reminded people of God's faithfulness to them. God's power surrounded this box. Moving it from one place to another required extreme care. King David decided to move the ark to Jerusalem so that he could keep it safe. He gathered 30,000 of Israel's best men to move it. They loaded the ark on a cart and pushed it all the way to Jerusalem. While they moved the ark, David and the men celebrated with all their might. As they traveled, they made a joyful noise to the Lord with all kinds of noisemakers. As they brought the ark into the city of David, the streets were filled with shouts and the sound of trumpets. King David was so excited about the ark's arrival in his city that he was dancing in the streets in his underwear. His wife, Michael, saw this from a window and was unhappy with David's leaping and dancing before the Lord. David put the Ark of the Covenant in the place he had designated for it and went home. When he got there, Michael was waiting for him. She was disappointed and angry. She told David that the king of Israel should know better than to dance around in the streets in his underwear. But David was not embarrassed. He told her that he was dancing for the Lord. He said it didn't matter what he was wearing. He would celebrate and be happy before the Lord. He didn't care what anybody said or what other people thought. King David was so happy that he couldn't contain it. He had to dance and celebrate all the Lord had done for him and his people. Some of us may have a special box at home that we keep our most precious things in. Might be a jewelry box or something with special letters. 
maybe somewhere we keep our Pokemon cards or our most special memories. Now, the reason this particular box was so special to David in our Bible story was because it was a holy box surrounded by God's power called the Ark of the Covenant. And inside were things that reminded the people of Israel how amazing God had been to them. Even though the Ark of the Covenant had a home, King David decided to move it closer to him to keep it safe, sending 30,000 of his best men to protect it and bring it back carefully to Jerusalem. And what erupted after that sounds like an absolute party. David was not just happy, he was joyful. In fact, even though he had lots of challenges, David was so full of joy that when the ark finally arrived in the city of David, he danced in his undies. Now, that gave us a giggle in Kids Connect. It might sound embarrassing, but apparently it didn't bother him. But when David's wife saw him dancing from a window, she was not impressed. She didn't like that the king would humiliate himself like that, but David didn't care. He was so full of joy, he made offerings to God and celebrated with the whole city. KFC for everyone. Okay. Maybe not KFC, but you get the point. Knowing that God was near filled David with joy. Have you ever been so happy about something that you just didn't know what to do with yourself? I mean really happy, like really, really happy. So happy that you felt it bubbling up and bursting out. Now, in Kids Connect, we don't do so much of just one talking, so I would like for you to turn to each other and have a little chat with those around you. Can you share about a time when you were overflowing with joy, and what do you think the difference is between happiness and joy? Have a little chat. Okay. Don't worry, we have another chatting opportunity. One of the most amazing things about joy is how contagious it can be. Is there someone in your life who could use some joy? What is a way you could share joy with someone else this week? Okay, continue your chatting. (laughs) Okay, well I hope there's some great ideas out there. Maybe after service you can switch up a little bit and share the different ideas you all had. (laughs) And this isn't where the story of David ends. In fact, he has a lot more learning to do. And this is where we learn that God's love is unchangeable. Now the last part of David's life that we're going to look at today is where he meets Bathsheba. But don't worry, we won't go into too much detail. This story can be found in 2 Samuel chapter 11, verses 1 to 15. And this is a part of scripture where David finds himself somewhere he's not supposed to be, and in some big trouble. So David was supposed to stay with the rest of his troops in battle, but he decided to stay home. One day he noticed a beautiful woman named Bathsheba, who he thought was just lovely. And he decided he was in love with her. But there was a problem. She was not available. She was already married to a man named Uriah. But David cared more about his own feelings than about whether Uriah might be hurt. And honestly, we're not really sure if anyone asked Bathsheba how she felt at all. Yikes. And believe it or not, it gets worse. 
David knew that he'd be in big trouble for falling in love with a married woman since that was way against the rules, even for a king who could do pretty much whatever he wanted. He tried a bunch of different things to make Uriah go away, but nothing seemed to work. One bad decision kept leading to another until David had made another absolutely terrible decision at sending Uriah into battle knowing he'd be killed. But what we see here is that even though David messed up big, big time, God doesn't abandon him. Of course, David would have to face the consequences of his poor choices, but God still loved him and did not take away the promises about his future. God's love for David stayed the same. Sometimes it's hard to tell what the right thing actually is, and for David, he was confused between what he felt and what he knew was right, and he chose to do the wrong thing. Sometimes we look at situations and can't quite see the right or true thing, like in these optical illusions. So some people will look at this and see, can anyone see a duck? And some people will look and see a rabbit. I don't know. Once you see one, it's tricky to go back to the other. And we've got another one as well. Do you see a young lady or an old lady? Again, once you've seen one, it's tricky to see the other. Two people can look at a situation and see two different things. Though David's example here seems very obvious what to do, It's not always so in our own lives, and God gives grace for that. The great thing is that David's story doesn't end there. He was confronted by a prophet of God and came to realize what he'd done was wrong. And the good news is that God's love is unchangeable. God loves us no matter what we do, and we're never gone so far that we cannot come back to him. And that's what David's life illustrates to us. So to finish up this morning, David had a really unusual life. He was anointed as king, even though he didn't look like much of one. He danced in his undies because of how excited and joyful he was with God. And he even experienced God's unchangeable love in the face of some terrible decisions. Our lives may not always go as we think they will, but one thing is constant, and that is God's love for us.